everybody, and welcome along to today's Event Industry News Podcast. My name is James Dixon, wishing you all a very good morning, afternoon or evening, whenever or wherever you join us from. And in terms of joining us from, I'm always speaking to guests who are joining me from somewhere, but I'm in the luxurious position today where I get to go somewhere. They have let me out of my kitchen, uh, they've allowed me to set up some proper microphones and not just speak into a laptop. And for the purposes of the camera, I'm now going to wave as well. For those of you watching on eventindustrynews.com, we are at the HQ of Universal Live um, up in Bradford uh, in West Yorkshire uh, for those international uh, you know, followers <laughs> who, who may not know exactly where Bradford is. Please look it up on a map. Bradford, West Yorkshire. It's the home of quality tea. Well, yeah. as, I, as I can attest to today, I've been fed with copious amounts of high-quality Yorkshire tea. We've had good conversations about curry already. For those of you in the know, you'll know what I'm talking about. I've given about. you a few pointers there, haven't I? Indeed. Yeah. And, uh, and there is our, our first guest on the show today. For regular podcast uh, followers, you'll be familiar with Neil Clapperson. Neil is the, general, uh, sorry, the commercial manager at mm -hmm. Universal Live and has already been a guest on the podcast a couple of times this year yep. and is joined to his left and my right by Gabby Watson, the creative graphic designer at Hello. Universal Live. Hello to both of you. Hi there. Thanks for um, so yes, thank you again for hosting us today because we've done all of our podcast mm. recordings from your, uh, from your HQ today and it's been very kind of you to, to host us. And um, the reason that we, we've got Gabby alongside Neil today is we're going to be talking a little bit about um, the, the, the creative and the, and the sort of the design and the, the visual side of, of events. Um, mm -hmm. And particularly how a lot of events, I guess, Neil, you'll, you'll work with a lot of clients here at Universal Live who perhaps go down the same route year on year. They're running regular events and maybe get caught in a bit of a cycle of, of doing the same thing? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it normally stems from budget, I think. Um, you know, if you've got a very low budget, then you, you're kind of limiting your options, aren't you? Um, but, yeah, people, people always want something new, something fresh. So it's our job to deliver that. It gets harder and harder all the time, obviously, because you're creating a, a, a library behind you of all these shows that you've done. And you don't want to repeat yourself, and you don't want to be copying other people. Uh, so you've got to constantly try and come up with something new. Um, yeah. And, and it, it's difficult, isn't it? Because you will want to do a show as best as you can possibly do it. You will deliver that and feel that you've done that. Yes, that's as best as... We, and then, you know, within a matter of days, once that show is packed up and mm -hmm. gone, you're then instantly thinking about how can we actually improve upon what we thought was something really good. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's normally you kind of... Um, your high-end jobs where you get a chance to really shine and really do that kind of thing, really push the bar, really do something extraordinary and different. Yeah. And you normally have a, a much longer design process for that kind of event. Obviously, it's much more important in terms of budget. Mm. Um, it's normally a very high-profile event. So you normally have a much longer time to sort of get your ideas together, banding them around, see what, what they like, what they don't like. Um, Oftentimes, when it's when you haven't got that time or that budget, it's, it's it's very quick turnaround, and you've got to be really on it to sort of nail nail it very quickly. Yeah, yeah. And something we were talking about this morning when I arrived here this morning, we were sat down with a a, a cup of tea and just having a bit of a, a chat. And and Gabby, one thing you was we were talking about was the the sort of the the concept phase of an event. You know, yeah. And 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 how you will want to try and convey a concept or a, of an idea based on a, a brief that's come from a client. But yeah. you want to obviously do that in a way that shows that you understand what they're wanting. Absolutely, yeah. But as a busy company, also that's not perhaps taking up loads and loads of time to create fantastic... And, and there was something that you were telling me about this morning about you know, creating these sort of more basic concepts as opposed to these sort of really sophisticated 3D, yeah. 3D drawings. Well, we started off... Um, sending our clients really realistic renders of the designs straight off the bat. And that's just after an initial response to the, the brief. Mm. But then we found out that what a better way of getting on the same page was to send them a sketch. Um, we like using uh, design programs such as Procreate on the iPad and you can sketch straight onto the iPad and just get, get something mocked up very loosely and then you can pass that straight to your client if you've got a good relationship with them. Mm. And they can let you know if you're going on the, along the right lines, as opposed to spending hours creating something in Cinema 4D, really realistic, photo realistic. And then, you know, that's when you, 
you can't you don't really go on a design development point of view. Everyone thinks that's the finished finished piece. Sure. So yeah. sketch is like a lovely way middle ground of just checking in with your client and checking that you are on the same page for that. And is it fair to say as well, Neil, that, that often the people that you're talking to at that stage of a project um, are people that might not necessarily have or speak the, the, the language that you speak when it comes to hardware, when it comes to installation and setup and stuff like this. Yeah, so really, absolutely, yeah. you don't want to be going down too much of a technical route at that phase. Definitely because you, not. You, you actually you run the risk of hindering yourself. Yeah, definitely not. It's never set in stone at that stage. It's, uh, it's you know... All options are open at that stage. It's more about the look and feel and the design and are you getting their brief right and are you on brand and you know making sure you've ticked the boxes that they've requested and then giving them plenty of extras as well and you know being original, being creative, showing them something that's really going to wow them. But say we did previously do that, but with a full blown photorealistic render, um, which you know is silly doing it at the initial stages when. A sketch can just portray what you're getting at. Yeah. Um, make sure you're on the right lines and pursue it. And it's just it's a very organic way of doing it. I, I really like it. It's just it just feels right doing it mm. like that. And G Gabby, from a, a, a creative point of view, now I'm I'm not a graphic designer. It's not not a skill that I I have particularly. But th does it using something like the iPad, for example? That yeah. seems something that's very tactile. From a creative point of view, is it nice to work in that sort of environment where you have that sort of tactile way of being able to convey an idea? Yeah, it's, I mean, it's great because you can be on, on the way back from a meeting, on the train, and you, you've got the world at your fingertips. You mm. can just start sketching something out. Even if you're in a meeting with a client, just having that tool there is really great because you start getting stuff done on paper. And as soon as you do a couple of lines, people start to understand you know what you're thinking about in your head and making sure you know everyone's in aligned with where it's going mm. and and just think it's a really beautiful tool i mean you do have to have a really good relationship with your client and yeah. for them to you know some some of the bigger clients you will want to do a more polished render for them and put in that ex those extra hours but it's a great way of just you know, cutting, cutting that time down and the waste time yeah. and just making sure, yeah, you definitely are going the right direction with that. These sketches do have to look good as well. Yeah. Like someone, <laughs> someone that can actually draw. If I did it, <laughs> if yeah. I, did it I can't I draw a stick man, so... Well, I said I said earlier on, if it was left to me, you know, you'd have the napkin with the stone hand <laughs> yeah, seven, yeah, yeah. seven inches written by the editor and you'd yeah, end up yeah. with something that doesn't work. That being said, we we have we have loads of PMs who, who say they can't draw and it's just really refreshing to get a sketch from them, even if it looks like something a child has done. Because, which it does, yeah. Which it generally does a lot of the time, <laughs> but it's great because you immediately get what they're trying to yeah, yeah. to get at, which is because it's a visual thing. That's kind of where it came from, wasn't it? Because RPMs are doing that with, with the design department, and yeah. we thought, well, why aren't we doing this with our clients? And and the, it's the, just that first step. Of yeah. like PMs didn't out. really get it at the start. They were just a bit, you know... Like, oh, no, I can't draw, it'll be bad. But it just immediately, you know, me and the rest of the design team, just, we, kn we know exactly, you know... Sure, and even in on. its most basic sense, I guess that if somebody gives you something that you can see what's in their head is better than yeah, getting a written brief about, you know, I want a postmodern fantasy with, yeah. you know, trees and waterfalls. Yeah. And often this is, um, this is at the stage where, you know, uh, the technical brief is not particularly important at this point. It's mm -hmm. all about getting something that the client is really happy with, that, that fulfills their brief, that ticks all their boxes, that looks fantastic, that's fresh and new. And then after that, you start, the, the PMs or the technical director or whoever else will start yeah, fleshing it out. That. Yeah, and, and making it real with, mm. you know, working out how, how to do it. The I mean, construction side of it. Mm. Yeah, yeah. I mean, when, when Gabby first started, we kind of told her that we didn't want her to know how these things worked. So she had a, a, an open mind with regards to design. Yeah. So just design something and then we'll work, we'll figure out we'll how to do it. it. Yeah. Now, that's an interesting way of looking at it because a lot of event organisers will have a, an event, they'll have a sort of a blank canvas, I think, right, well, I'll need a PA system there and I'll need some lights here. They're thinking in terms of, mm. of hardware, you know, what they need yeah. to do it as opposed to what would they like to achieve as a look and mm -hmm. as a concept for yeah. their event if you start that way around you find yourself like boxing you like thinking within the box yeah. and you you'll find yourself 
repeating yourself for no reason where mm. if you start at the other end of that and just know that some you have to be able you know obviously the, everything there's got to be a 169 screen and there's going to be content on there and slides mm-hmm. um you know people have to, you have to be people have to see it clearly that you know everyone's got a, a nice view from that um the presenter has to be clearly seen just little things like that but if you start from the other end you can always work those in and make sure your concept yeah. Fits that. And I, I don't know if I've answered this before, Neil, but d- does the acquisition of hardware get driven by the creative side of things? Or, mm. Gabby, do you look at what hardware is now available and how that's improving and think, oh, great, I can be a bit more creative with what I'm doing in this element? Or, you know, is, is there a balance of both? I'm curious to know sort of how that's driven. Not really. We, it's, it's design-driven, I'd say, don't you? Yeah. I mean, if, if, we, if we can't do it with what we've got, we sub it in. Mm. I will get it. I will, yeah. I will buy it. You know. I mean, you e- could. Yeah, you could take the elements and then think of a creative way of using them. But often, I'll be visualizing something, and then a PM will come back and say, "Oh, we've got some lights that do that." Or have you seen this? This in the warehouse, and that'll oh, be yeah. a good it way. It works both ways, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah definitely. Both and like ways. one of the things that we do with the design team is um, take them around and show them all of our all of our equipment, all of our lights, so they get an idea of what they can do. Um, so we didn't do that with you, because we wanted you to be more free-thinking. Um. Yeah. <laughs> and and that, that, that's, that's genuinely, I find that an interesting way of looking at things, because you know I know a, a lot of AV companies, and it's all about the kit that they've got, here's what we've got available, here's what yeah. we do. You know, and, and a lot of them would be guilty, perhaps, of not having that creative side of their event design. Yeah, you know, and, and it's perhaps a, it may be a luxurious position that you're in because you have the means to do so. I think but you're just hindering yourself. If you're restricting yourself to, right, we have to use what's in the warehouse, then yeah. you've already you're, you're put, you've put walls up, haven't you, on your design. Mm. You'll keep returning to the same places because you've already selected, you've already limited the, the equipment yeah. that you Oh, it's that a question of use. how can we use that in a more creative way. Um, you're starting which, off on the back foot. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Sure. Many, many of the people listening to the podcast will be event organisers. You know, there may be people out there who work in a, a technical production side of things, but there will undoubtedly be a lot of event organisers. Is, is there a specific way that, as a company, you like to receive an initial brief from somebody? Is, is there a way that you would like you would say to a client, look, here's the information that we want. If you can get us this, we can then yeah, deliver a concept. A- absolutely. My, it's goes so so much better if I've got a mood board like right. if, if we work with agencies and if they send me even one or two pictures of the feel and look that they're trying to go for then it immediately gets us into a visual place where I'm understanding mm. where they're trying to take it um, you know we could get the theme of like forests fantasy and then just like one or two you know I, I can interpret it that completely different to how the agency mm. interprets it but you know if they send me you know, a couple of references, mm. and and like a, then we're immediately on the same page. Sure. But also things like, not not all the time we'll have what the event is actually there for. Say a company will book in a conference and they won't even know what the point of the conference is. But that's a really good design driver as well as knowing what what the point of the you know is it about if they're trying to celebrate growth then that's a excellent starting point for me visually mm-hmm. to like try and get the okay the events inspired by growth but right so if their client has already got like a solid you know reason for the event or something they're trying you know a bottom line that they're trying to get over to their either you know customers or you know any type of delicate really then that's really good for me to start with and and, and does does the video side of things it, I'm I'm trying trying to think how I'm gonna gonna phrase this question. Uh, from a content creation point of view, is that something that you will do as well? Will, do you do, deliver content for people if they want you know video content and if they do, animated yeah. content? If that's true, like that? yeah, yeah. And, and 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 how can that manifest itself in the initial concept phase? Because presumably a lot of the concept that you've talked about when it comes to designing a visual or you know basic piece of artwork to show them is going to be static. So when it comes to... Because there's so much more video now in play yeah. in live events, isn't there? You know, mm-hmm. we've got more sophisticated screens. It's easier to rig. It's easier to put in there. So h- how would you approach the sort of the video side of things if somebody's got an idea that they would like to have something that, that moves as opposed to it's just static? Well, we, 
we do do content creation and mm. we're and tying that theme into the overall theme of how the set's built and keeping that visual style across the board is, is really great. But what, one thing we do is, um, we started doing is, is actually putting our designs onto VR goggles. Right. And we, within that, you can have, you can look around your event space. We can even set it in the venue. We could take the client to the venue. They put the VR goggles on and our design wow. is there in, in the fl- almost in the flesh, already in the space. Mm. They can experience it from different angles. And um, we can have the content playing on the screen as they look around it within the VR as well. So, and if we're, and if we're doing all the content, it's 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 a real win-win for us because mm. we we retain that artistic control of we've, we've come up with the concepts for the stage set. We've done the the content of the slides, which can keep in, in keeping with the set, and um, and then in video or After Effects animations, things like that, or video stings that we've made. We're all on the same page because yeah. you know we've been there. For, we we started it from conception right through to delivery. So it's great when when we do get the whole shebang of, of content creation as well. Mm. Yes, yeah, um, presumably you have to work though in on both sides. So you will work on projects where there is a another party responsible for maybe for delivering that that show content or that yeah. video content that, that well, that's most Gabby, of the time. Yeah, yeah. Gabby, you're then res- not responsible for, but then you're perhaps designing a, that, a, yeah. a, 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 a concept of the look and feel of, of a room or an event that ties in with Absolutely. some of the visual content being delivered by another party. Yeah, a lot that happens a lot where the agency will do the content creation mm. and we, we have to take visual cues from them, which is really important because you can't just a, approach a brief. Two design teams in two different companies approaching the same brief mm-hmm. will always come up with something different and you don't want that to be jarring. So... It's it's great, you know, if, if there's a if the agency has already, you know, got some content that we can draw from and yeah. then and then we already know that there's there's some visual elements in there that the client mm. already likes and then we just take that further and, and put our own spin on it and take that you know, make make the set mm. match that, which yeah. is really good. Yeah, certainly that's that's more or less our mood board, isn't it? Yeah. Some, you know, in that in that respect. Yeah, any information. Yeah. Is, is helps us along the way. The scoreboy area here, I've not muted my laptop, so... It's not, <laughs> it's not plugged in either, you're not going to run out of juice, are you? It emails a pic. No, I'm good for juice okay. at the moment, we're, we're 97%. That's um, the technician in me, I just saw the plug down yeah, there. We're, 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 we're 97%. For the purposes of the camera, I cleaned up the cabling. For the purposes of the camera. Oh, they um, do get dirty, don't they? Yeah. Um, uh, uh, one thing I wanted to ask you today, particularly Gabby, with you, with you on the show today, is yeah. that um, organisers and event planners I guess because events have become so more sophisticated and visually appealing and they look great they will see something and go wow I want that now they've yeah. become perhaps a little bit more savvy in what their understanding is and what yeah. they've seen so do you get people coming and saying oh, I saw this at this event and mm-hmm. I took these photos and this is this and this is yeah. what I want yeah. are, people, are your clients being influenced by what they've seen elsewhere yeah absolutely um, you get like trends such as the showman theme which was really big you know a couple of, of months ago yeah. after yeah. the movies came out yeah. and everyone wanted that but and obviously as a designer you're always looking ahead mm. and, you, and you know even though the events industry is heavily inspired by pop culture and, yeah. and um, it's as a designer, you're always pushing it forward. So the challenge is to take that and then do something new with it, mm-hmm. so that you're, you know, you're not throwing out the same stuff. Yeah. And if you're in, if you're a bearded lady, then business went through the roof <laughs> in the last couple of years. Yeah. Thanks. Or yeah. if you're a clothing company that's got a lot of top hat and tails in in <laughs> stock, then and sun, suddenly your higher yeah. business went through Indeed. the roof. And, and trends. And it's interesting that you say that because you get a, something like that in pop culture. You know, a movie that comes along and. Yeah visually it's so appealing and there's so yeah, much there to so work strong, with that yeah. straight away people are going to go that's going to be the thing issue award like, shows that kind of thing isn't my it? award yeah. show is going to be yeah. this you know i want a group of dancers dancing to the greatest show and then yeah. the guy in a top hat to come along and i guess you, the, the, going off track a little bit do you have to keep an eye on the sort of the pop culture thing you know music movies and things and think oh that that might be something that crops up in six months time where people are all wanting that yeah i mean you do get we d- we don't the the client will drive yeah the we're theme. more reactive in that sense so yeah. so it's more you've got to deliver what the what the client wants and then mm. do it in a way that you 
you know, things as original and not yeah. to be churning out the same stuff. So it's very much, we, we get the trends through what the client would like mm. and we feed that. But in terms of our own trends, we're constantly looking at different design disciplines and different areas such as, you know, architecture and fashion mm. um, and art and, and bringing those in to create new and exciting stuff, especially with the bigger Mm-hmm. especially with the bigger projects where we've got a bit more money to work yeah. with. Mm-hmm. And I wonder, are there any circumstances where you will get a client come to you and you actually think that's perhaps a, a little bit old hat now or that's a little bit off trend and you've got to guide them? And, yeah. and, and dare I say it, I'm thinking so, Peaky Blinders to me just seems <laughs> to be, it, it's, it's being thrashed to death at the moment. There's, there's restaurants. There's, it's you, hard. Yeah. When it's a theme like that, it's hard to, to change the mind because, mm. like, you know, you're, you're just dumping on their idea then. Yeah. And, and so you've got to be careful about it. Mm. Um, I think more with trends such as um, doing a conference in the round, things like that, yeah. it's much more prolific where it gets a bit old hat after a while. So the last yeah. two years, everyone's been doing that all the time. Mm. And you kind of like, they'll say, oh, we want this one in the round, and you go, oh, are you sure? And like, okay, right, fine. And once, but and, and then but then it's down to us to to make that fresh and different and exciting. Think of how we can change that. You know, what's what can we do different about doing it in the round instead of the, doing the same old thing that everyone always does? How can we change it? Yeah. And so it's, it's thinking along those lines. Yeah. Um, yeah. Recently, um, we've seen a lot of clients go, they just want the big LED screen yeah. You know, because it's impressive. Yeah. And I'll be trying to, you know, maybe push them towards more set design because I know I can do something more interesting and artistic and original with that. But then it gets, you know, it gets pared down to the big LED screen. Mm. But um, we found that it is going to, you know, it, as people keep seeing, oh, just a big LED screen, it will turn around and set will be the original thing and people will start moving towards that yeah, again. Yeah, w- so. w- with the greatest respect to, to, to LED, you know, you put it up in a, as a big screen, mm. yeah. you know, it's it's just a much better projector. You know, it's, yeah. it's a big yeah. screen. Yeah. A big, it's a cinema, you know, it's a, bi- it's a big screen. <laughs> you haven't and, seen uh, it, you're uh, just like, wow, but then, you know, after the 50th conference you've been to and it's that. It just becomes another big screen. And I guess part of, of what you do must be... Uh, conveying to clients what they can achieve with with certain things and getting them to think a little bit differently yeah, yeah? okay you want led but great mm. we can break it down into smaller sections and we yeah. can have different content on different mm-hmm. things we can shape the led <coughs> vertically and we can have yeah. stuff running up and down yeah. it you know there's all sorts of stuff you can do isn't it with the mm. hardware now yeah, that, you, yeah. that you couldn't do if you can just break people out of a, you know i'm doing that with my hands <laughs> you know that <laughs> way of thinking yeah, yeah. It's, it's nice because, with, like we were saying before with the sketch process, you don't want to spend, you might want to push the client a bit further towards something a bit more ambitious, mm. but you don't want to you know, waste all the design time that you've got uh, working on something that they didn't ask for. Yeah. So having that quick process is a great way of being like, this is what you asked for, but how about this? Mm. And, like, and then they go like, ooh, you know, that's yeah. really interesting. I didn't think of that. And that's how you get them to come out of their comfort zone mm-hmm. a bit. Yeah. And then you meet in the middle ground, whereas, you know, they're happy and, you know, we've done something mm-hmm. innovative and original. Yeah, yeah absolutely. What, um, how, does, how does the process manifest itself once, if you presented to a client a, um, a concept that they go, yes, you've got it. Yeah. You, you, yes, that's exactly what was in my head as a yeah. concept. Does it vary dramatically from, from project to project or will there be a fairly sort of consistent process by which then you will take that basic concept and then say right now here's the next stage here's the next stage it it depends how how accurate they want when they say yes you've got it and it's just a sketch then we need to flesh that out to the next stage say right we'll build that for you properly now in cinema 4d do a proper render Mm -hmm. make sure it's still the same make sure you still get that wow factor from them once you you do that Mm -hmm. at which point we've already started thinking about right how we're going to build this how we're going to do it and then it's down to the pm then to actually deliver that and, mm. and work out how to build it and what they need and, and all that. So so that part is yeah. standard process, mm. I'd say. And design development's really important. Once you take it from the mood board to the sketch and then to the visual, you'll be making design decisions that you wouldn't have had to make at the sketch stage, such as material choice and actually getting it to scale and does mm. it actually fit in the venue. Yeah. I mean, you might have sketched something that floats off into the distance, but then 
you know, how's that going to hang? Yeah, you yeah, start yeah. getting a bit more technical. You start talking to your project manager with that. Yeah. And, uh, and they might yeah. see it, everyone might love it. And then, and then the PM looks at it and goes, right. Yeah, well, how am I going to do am, that? How am I going to hang that? There's no rigging in the room. And yeah. then suddenly you've got, you got another got problem. Yeah, it's like the architect with his fantastic drawing giving it to the actual builder who's going to build it. And the builder yeah. saying, well, yeah. it's all right, you've yeah. come up with these ideas. But, but, but the we've thing is, if, if you did that the other way around, where the PMs came in and said, right, we've got this room with no rigging in it, right, what are you going to do? Then you've then you've you've put limitations on the creative process at that point. It's so, very, yeah. So you, you know you've you've you stimulated the whole process and it's yeah. you know you, you're stopping it in its tracks when you should be letting that creative flow go first and then then you then you look at your problems afterwards and say right how can we solve that? Yeah, it's very easy to take a crazy design and pare it down and make it work. Whereas it's harder to start with something quite basic and mm. add frills and bring it up to speed. Yeah. So we, you know, we're better off starting mm -hmm. with something a bit more ambitious, a bit more abstract or concept driven, and then working out where your lights are going to go. Yeah. You know, how is it? How is it going to fit in the venue and all all that sort of detail? Mm. And something I suppose we shouldn't shy away from is that, I'm guessing there would inevitably be times where you present stuff. The client said yes, fantastic. Blah 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 blah. And then the budget word creeps in, yeah. And, go, yeah. and you say right, yeah, and they love the concept, they mm. love the idea, and then you say right, well, that's how much it's going to cost then to deliver oh, yeah. this yeah. as an event, basically. and they go, <gasps> well, right. what do we do then? Because I guess that there must be a huge part of the creation. It's just process one of the many that, variables that yeah. affects you yeah. from the whole process. But if yeah. you st if you if your concept is solid, like say it's you know inspired by you know water or you know if it's for a makeup yeah. brand, it's by 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 clarity you can interpret that in so many different ways and you can do that for you know a 20 grand budget or a, a 200 grand budget yeah there's if as long as just reasoning and your design and your concept is solid i think it you know it's, it's just design development and getting that down to a budget that works sure. it's not it's definitely hard but D does it does it matter does it affect you at all gabby in terms of the, the, the scale of event as to how you creative you can be so you know the the, the the scale of a you know 150 person conference you know compared to you know 6000 people mm. in yeah. a, 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 in an arena for an, an international congress mm -hmm. you know the, the, the sheer scale of it is going to allow you to do maybe things that you can't do in the smaller one or, or do you approach it broadly speaking the same i mean i guess with a bigger venue and a bigger budget you already know that the clients putting a lot of money into this so it's easier you know, you sort of feel more inclined to do something a bit more ambitious, mm. a bit more creative. Whereas, you know, down a mid-range sort of project, you don't want to be pushing them too far because you want to give them something that, that will work for them and that will actually sign off. And that's really important. Um, so for the bigger projects, it is quite nice to, mm. to be let loose a bit. And yeah, to, and you also get a bit more time for those as well. Yeah, so definitely. To focus on it, make sure it's... Mm. Uh, uh, time's a, a, an interesting thing to bring up Neil because I, 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 again I guess I'm making assumptions here that you'll work with clients you know quite most of the clients are a long way out from a particular event yeah and be given sometimes, sometimes not always yeah. Yeah. But, but, well it's exactly what I'm getting at but maybe mm. not always you know I, I dare say there have been instances where stuff gets dropped on you We've got something in three weeks. Yeah. What can Two we days. do? Oh, really? <laughs> well, oh, yeah. Um, three weeks is a, is a luxury. Yeah. <laughs> oh, really? Absolutely. Yeah. It's, I, think, <laughs> I think the challenge is not necessarily the fast-paced turnaround, because you get that in a lot of industries, but mm -hmm. it's the inconsistency of, you know, one you know event you could have six months of, and another you can it can drop on your lap in two days. Mm. And it's, you know... It's, it's the frustration, I think, is when, is when the event is in nine months' time, but the pitch has to be in tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. And you get that brief, and it's like, right, you've got eighteen hours to come up with something incredible for a you know half a million pound job, and like you're going, what? <laughs> you're like, we yeah. need we need more time for this. Yeah. You know to do it justice, but the the event isn't until January of next year, and you. And, and but like, often the design yeah. that you pitch with won't be even the design that gets you know if you win the pitch you then back to square it one and you. Can be completely refined. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So all right, let's scrap that, that now and yeah. uh, do something else. And, and, and I guess what well, in that scenario as well, you're having to come up with a creative concept that presumably, if somebody drops it on you that last minute. You might not be able to get to see the venue. It might be a venue that you're not familiar oh, with. Oh yeah, yeah. So absolutely. you can't do a site visit and go, 
right, here's what will work and here what you're working totally. almost blind. Yeah. That's happened many times where where we are working blind where we've we've put forward a proposal and then it could be three it. possible venues. Yeah, know, we don't know even and then it's which like, one. Right, how the hell we're we gonna do this and we're sort of, you know, working out weight loadings as we do it to make sure we can hang what we want to hang and all things like that and work, <laughs> you know. Design's like solving problems. That's you know kind of what the job is: solving the problems creatively. So that's you know just another challenge of how you adapt. I, I guess it's never the perfect project, is it? It's never the perfect you know perfect no. storm of brief of venue no, but, of everything. But we try to keep all these things away from that creative process until they need to be in there because it just you know it it just gets in the way, doesn't it? it just yeah. it, it just muddies the waters, which should be clear so you've got to to be creative you've just got to you know be allowed to let that creativity flow and not put barriers in the way Mm. um what walt disney i love this story had he has for his creative animators that he had two rooms he had one room of dreamers and they had you know bean bags and the best food and (laughs) they and they were treated like gods and it was just their job to come up with concepts and ideas that would be creative and they couldn't be as crazy as possible. And then those ideas we passed over to another room of designers, which were called the spoilers. And they would try and pick away at anything they could and just ruin designs. And then if a, if a design idea came from the dreamers and got through the spoilers, then it went to you know a team that would actually turn it into something right, incredible. Really. And I, I think that filter process of just starting out, you know, not being ashamed to throw an idea out there, and then you know, and then then thinking about how it's produced, and then you, that's when the magic happens. Having somebody who's willing to pick it apart, I suppose, in a way. Yeah, you do it, need. You know, it's normally not a shortage of those kind of people. <laughs> <laughs> I, I guess so, but having uh, if you can go through that process of diplomatically mm. critiquing an idea or a concept, yeah, and then allowing it to go back to be refined, and then getting through that process you know yeah. that, that that's a that's a way of maintaining standards as well mm-hmm. isn't it yeah. that, that's a way of maintaining uh, you know the, the, the quality of an idea yeah. it's it's so important though that that isn't in the brainstorm that initial meet when you meet with designers and the project managers and you're throwing ideas out there because mm-hmm. if you if you if someone suggests something and you know someone says well we can't do that because you know we haven't got enough the room doesn't allow for that trust or whatever you know, they'll throw a thing yeah. out there. It will kill the idea before mm. it's a chance to develop. So it's very important that those sort of that sort of stage comes a bit after the creative, the yeah. creative process. It's like that brainstorming rule. There's no bad ideas in a brainstorming session. Yeah. yeah, it needs to be a safe place because once people feel safe, they feel playful, and once they get playful, they get really creative. Yeah, and that's where you get the magical ideas. The only silly question is the one that isn't asked. <laughs> there are no silly questions. The silliest question is the one that you don't ask. Because if you don't ask it, you'll, you'll yeah. you know, it could be something that's really obvious that everybody else has forgotten about. Yeah. You know? yeah. And it could be something so silly and so simple, but yeah. simply about how do we do this? Oh, yeah. it can. I, I don't know if you've ever had those instances where somebody asks a question and you get you it get that room where people yeah. go. <laughs> there's that silence for five seconds, where yeah. and you know straight away. Ah. Nobody else has thought of that, yeah. have they? Right, good. We're on the same page. I'm glad you've asked that. And on yeah. you go. You need that safe space to be able to encourage that sort of thinking. Yeah. That's mm. really important. Yeah. How have you... We've sort of mentioned, uh, broadly speaking, trends. And, you know, we spoke about this as theming ideas and things yeah. like that. But the, do they... Is there always a trend, generally speaking, that you see a lot of people following or... Do we go through phases or do you go through phases where there is a certain trend but then there'll be other periods of time where nobody's really doing the same thing for their events? Um, I think mostly we like to be driven by the brand Mm. and the client. So looking at their personality is probably a better way of approaching it than what's the trend at the time. That's the first thing we'll do if we get a brief through is we look at the client you know just even looking at their website what kind of colors are they using mm. what kind of imagery you know are there, are there any patterns that flow through and, and how they've done events before yeah yeah um it's always just good you know, to know how just read their blogs see yeah, what they're the, all about their, you know. their brand values and that's you know say you know if you have you know a heritage british car company you're yeah, going to yeah. present yourself a lot differently to you know a grungy makeup brand mm, and you need sure. to 
So to f- as, as soon as you design something that feels like them, they immediately, you know, the client will get on on board quickly because yeah. you know it already feels like part of them and they f- feel it represents them well. And then if you want to add extra theming or inspiration, it's amazing, on top isn't of that, it? With well, the um the, the change in attitude when you when you when you nail it when you get it right and yeah. you send, send it off to them and yeah. then suddenly you get yeah. all this gushing warm feedback and suddenly from that point on once they recognize that you they understand, understand them, them that's what they want to feel yeah. like you then they get feel them safe. And you're not just churning yeah. out something that you would give to another client like mm. they want to feel unique and you know, they want their brand personality to be shown in whatever you design so mm. and, and, and one thing that I've I've become aware of certainly maybe in the last five six years or so is is how subliminally people are aware now of design where they weren't before mm-hmm. yeah. and a large factor of that is, in my opinion is something as simple as your, your mobile phone every day if you look at yeah. iOS as a you know a, a Apple operating mm. system on your mobile phone you know think about what it looked like yeah. on yeah, the yeah. first iPhone yeah. yeah, you know the bubble, the sort well, of the, the you know the the, the well, shape that, of it. That big change that they yeah, went the soft remember. shape, yeah. and then they went. They did yeah. that one particular update where yeah. it totally reinvented and yeah. redesigned what even fonts they were using mm-hmm. and stuff like that. And it was oh, huge. So look at how yeah, fabulous yeah. it is. And that's that's them being a, I suppose a trendsetter, but mm-hmm. also realizing that 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 we do develop from a design. There's point a taste of view, for it. Now, there's yeah. a taste for Definitely. it. Yeah. And, and, and I suppose what I'm getting at is that people don't realise that they're aware of it, but they are. But people yeah, yeah. are appreciating it now. If yeah, you give somebody now an, an original iPhone with the original operating system, they go, oh, that looks antiquated. Mm. Yeah. And I guess some of that now feeds into the business that you guys operate is that you might not be pe- speaking to people who necessarily understand why they don't like something. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They might just say, I just don't like it. Yeah. And you might say to them, why? Well, I don't really know. I just well, that's, don't get it. Yeah, that's why it's really important to have a solid reason behind every design decision, like mm. why you've chosen those colours, why you've chosen that inspiration. Yeah. And then you can come back and say, well, we we chose this because you know we thought it represented your brand in this way. Mm-hmm. Um, and then if they say, well, I get I get where you're coming from, but that's not what we want to show. Mm. Then you've got an extra piece of information to then go back to the drawing board and create something that they do want yeah um but yeah definitely having decisions behind designs but yeah as you say people are getting more design-led and you know it's 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 in my in my job everyone's got an opinion and everyone thinks it's that, unenviable. You know, everyone's and a designer and some well and the thing is i mean your job in particular the end product is what everyone's looking at yeah mm. and everyone's got so it has taste to and be an opinion right. on it so yeah it's got to be designed right it's got to look amazing and but it's, it's also, got to answer the brief yeah you'll, you'll find that you know I could I could be doing something for a design reason and you know someone walks past my screen and goes oh that looks like you, did you know that looks like this and I'll be so my head in it I won't realise that you know it's it's saying something to someone else but if if someone comments you know on a on a piece of da- design yeah. like that then you can guarantee that in a you know room full of you know, a giant audience of delegates and everyone else will have, you know, if someone's like, that's too pink, like, oh, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, oh, that's a bit pink. You know, I might have made a decision to make it that for a reason, but if I've got one person passing comment on it, it's really useful to just gauge how people are going to react to it. Yeah, I guess guess you you could enter a project and and a design that you think is saying one thing to to this person or, or or conveying the message that you want it to convey yeah and it only takes one person to say oh it's also doing that you know yeah. that I, I guess i guess if you can deliver a concept that um says many things to different people in a room yeah then in some depending on the brief then you, you know you've you, you you've nailed it in some way you know it's a bit like art you know people will look at a picture and mm. interpret it in 50 different ways um yeah i, I don't know whether or not you're ever in a scenario where I don't know. That, that, does an event ever get interpreted? Do, you know, is there ever an event where an organizer wants their audience to walk in and look at things and you know interpret it in their own way, like a piece of art? Yeah. Well, we yeah, we yeah. take inspiration. That we did a, a design the other day, which is we're talking about data flow and mm. and we've got these you know s- squares of LED like floating across the room and interconnectivity, and we're using pipes and those sort of metaphors might not even be noticed 
at the time. Sure. You know, you know, systems, pipes, that mm. sort of thing. But they, they might be, and they, or they, that connective interconnectivity. These are all words that we're using, and you know, informed our design choices. But they might not. Be, they might be interpreted completely differently mm. to the to the client at the time. I really like the uh, the non literal designs. So, so we had a, a client that that. The whole theme of their conference was was not to think too far ahead, just to to, to focus on what on right now and the next job, but that's it, nothing after that. Mm-hmm. And so the theme that we all came up with um, was Tetris, because oh, right. you only ever see the next piece. Yeah. And the whole room was 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 both walls we had Tetris pieces all down the walls. The stage was made out of Tetris blocks. The LED wall Fantastic. was made out of Tetris shapes. Yeah. It was great. It really works. But really it, works. Yeah. Even that can be interpreted as like building up and growth and success and it's got that feeling of nostalgia and mm. you know gets everyone and that playfulness so even that you can interpret it mm. different ways yeah yeah, yeah I, mean, I almost I, I started thinking then for um for for listeners of a particular persuasion of music pink floyd's the wall <laughs> and if you've ever seen that live the whole mm. concept is is that by the end of the the show uh, and I think Roger Waters did it recently, took the wall out and tore. By the end of the show, this stage is completely covered. You don't see the, the right. performers anymore. The wall has effectively been built. That was right. the concept of it. And, you know, I love those sort of visual ideas where time, a progression, yeah. you know, you take something like a three-day congress. Yeah. You know, it starts as one thing on day yeah. one when people walk in, and by the end of that three days, in terms of the visual presentation and how things, you know, yeah. there's, there's a, a, a progression that you could build into something like that. Yeah. You know, whereas... In yesteryear, you may have just come in, you turn everything well, on, well, and here we like, go again. Yeah. yeah, something like like that is going to keep people engaged and keep keep you know keep the concentration because yeah. it's, every day they walk in, it's different. It's something different. It's it's grown and it's coming towards this this meaningful message at the end of day three where it's all complete. And I mean, oh right, that's what it's all about. Mm. And you know what I mean? It's it's great little things like that because what could be worse? Well, not let's get be real here, but if you're going in for a three day conference, yeah. It, Potentially, you're looking, at, you're looking at a boring three days there, aren't you, potentially? Mm. Uh, whereas if you've done something like that where you've taken those three days as a journey and on day one looks completely different to the end of day three, mm. fantastic. And look, how invo- let's take something like that, and I know it's a really specific event scenario, you know, like a, com- a big conference or a congress or however you want to term it, and it's three days and they might have you know, seven sessions a day with a big audience... How aware do you like to be of the types of content that are going to be delivered within that conference? Because the organiser may well think, well, that's nothing to do with them and what they, they're supplying to me. But We don't really get yeah, involved in that, to be quite honest. I'm, I'm just curious whether it's, or not it would have an impact on how you deliver something well, if you have it would do of if, what they're trying to... If the client led it that way, certainly, because mm. they would have would a... That would be bet- the ideal situation. Yeah. Like mm. If we knew that, we could bolster that up yeah. with the design with the way we set things out you know mm. that delegate journey like we could definitely you know strengthen that message so if that came to us sooner but unfortunately mm. a lot of the times it is you know a last yeah. minute a lot of the times as you well know presenters are writing the presentation five minutes for the problem on stage <laughs> so hey look, yeah yeah they're, they're making it the you, yeah. know, you get it three weeks in advance and they turn up five minutes before with the usb stick yeah. <laughs> i've ripped it apart i've changed and, and it most of them don't give two hoots about what the set looks like mm. they just want to get on and do their presentation and, fair and, and it's tricky and on the on the podcast recently i've been talking to, to people about how to, to get the most out of speak out of your you know speakers at conferences you know how to brief them and get them to, to, to put content together that's really relevant I spoke to another another lady who'd run a conference for her own staff who who had a really specific theme of let's grow during the whole two days so yeah. everything was themed around yeah let's yeah. growing and I guess it, it, it those sort of elements in the conference scenario, and and, I, and forgive me, I know listeners that that is a specific example. But if if you have got a concept to something like that, and you think, oh no, it's nothing to do with the AV supplier. Well, actually, it could have everything to do with oh, it because it, yeah. it could. Mm. You, there's so much creativity. Somebody said to you, the theme of our three day event is let's grow. That's perfect. That opens up a world mm-hmm. of options, and yeah. that's like you know, I can go away and come up with you know ten concepts that are even related to that, mm. and we can really push that forward yeah. but like you said you, you wouldn't normally necessarily pass that on and we often don't get that kind of 
I mean, that's a two-word brief, isn't it? Let's grow. Yeah, yeah. that's But all we you often need. don't get that, do we? But we that, often get, you know, we've got a conference coming up. Yeah, it's for this brand. We don't know what the content will be. We don't know what the event's for. Yeah. We don't know where it's going to be. <laughs> yeah. We haven't established a speaker. <laughs> yeah. We don't know so what we're on a conference. It's so. the hardest design brief ever, but you still got to deliver it. And, you know, if they don't give you anything, then it's yeah, up to us to start fishing and suggest things and see yeah, what they yeah. like and what they don't like. What, yeah, what, what I've found is if you have literally no brief, is you need to make yourself brief. Like, yeah. be the client and just give yourself some boundaries to work around or else you'll be running around, you know, grasping everything. So if you make some design decisions yourself, mm. like, okay, we're going to design it for this venue, then that sets you off. Mm. Or, you know, we're going to th- we are going to look at the theme of growth or interaction or interconnectivity. Then it gives you something to go on. And even if you pass that along to the client and they go oh no, that's absolutely opposite of what we were going for. You've got more information for your brief. You know exactly not what, what not to do. So yeah. say if you were, went down a very techie, I've decided to give myself, you know, looking to the future, technology, that sort of theme. And if you pass that over to the client and they said, oh no, we, we want to look at our heritage and where the brands come from, then you've, that's more information that you've got just by, you know, taking that mm, and moving yeah. forward with yeah. it. But why didn't you tell us earlier? <laughs> <laughs> why, why, why didn't you tell us last year? Yeah, yeah. Because you're telling us to. We, we, the trucks are pulling up at the back door. Yeah, and now yeah. you're telling us. Yeah. Um, 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 one thing I've not asked yet is is, uh, is is have you had experience of utilizing? And I'm going to give a specific example here. Stuff like the Coldplay wristbands. You know the the RFID wristbands that they gave oh, to right, people. Yeah. You know where they were able to actually integrate something that they could give to the audience as part of the show, and and there are also apps now where you can you, your app becomes a pixel essentially. So your phone becomes a pixel. Yeah. So you get the event app, and then you hold it up in Wembley Stadium, and they create a giant screen by using everybody's phone as a pixel. Oh, right. You know, there's the, the, the stuff like that. Have, have you gone down the route of, of being able to utilize the sort of um, the sort of the audience element of it in with the AV design of, of what you're you're doing. Uh, kind of. We've, uh, we've we've pitched quite a few ideas with those that kind of stuff. Hmm. Um, this kind of falls into the realm of the interactive stuff that we do yeah. more so. And um, yeah, so we're still at the. Um, we'll, we've, I've talked to, talked to you about this before, haven't I? About we've built our own sensors and all that. And yeah, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. So yeah, we're just we're just waiting for some of these jobs to come f- to fruition now. Yeah. So we start using yeah. some of that stuff. Yeah. But um, it's exciting that I could, you know, the design team could come up with a concept that's really wild, and we've got people in place, very techie people, that mm-hmm. can write these apps or make this happen. Or, you know, in a room, we're talking about, you know, showcasing a new headphones that came out. And, yeah. You know how I, you know, like for you to move around the space and then different installations yeah. start reacting to that, or your headphone yeah. starts playing different things. Yeah. You know, it's it's nice to be able to be surrounded by quite techie people, and, 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 and then they can make that. It reality. opens up those those designs, isn't it? That, yeah. You know, yeah. Design is it encompasses everything in, in an event. What so it's not just how it looks; it's it's how the event, you know, how it, how it interacts with you as you were in this particular example, a headphone example. We had four or five installations in a venue, and um, as you walked around, each installation knew who was walking towards it and would mm. react accordingly. So it sends information to that person's phone and because it was a headphone company, they had the headphones in, it starts sending them bespoke audio, things, yeah, like, things yeah, like that. Yeah. And it's all part of that design that uh, we... Yeah, and I'm, I'm just, I'm fascinated by stuff like that and, and, and what, is, what is feasible now. You know, yeah. and, and, and there was a company I was talking to recently um, friends of the podcast, Exposure Analytics, and and I know that they um, they've got a, a a camera that senses uh, whether it's male or female, whether it's a child, you know what sort of age range you're falling into, and it can even sense the shape of your face and judge what mood right. you're in. Is that person engaged? Is that person switched off? Is that person angry or sad mm-hmm. or wow. happy or wow? You know, do they, have they had a wow reaction looking at something and one of the concepts they were talking to me about utilising that type of camera technology is that they do a lot of work with really sort of big brands on their trade stands at these huge, you know, international trade shows. And somebody could go up to an interaction zone or a booth or something like that. The camera would sense who they are 
and all of these things and straight away display content that's relevant to mm -hmm. a female who's looking quite happy yeah. who is you know 35 years old <laughs> oh, you know wow. I, think, I just think it's amazing that you could have a server there that can instantly work with mm. that type of technology now and change the content that's being delivered yeah. um, and rather than it being a concept that's been created to satisfy an entire audience of people we're now in a, a position where we can actually have several different mm. types of content that could be tailored for different people within oh, yeah. any yeah. given audience. Yeah. And your audience is like really important and knowing who you're designing for mm. is so important that to be have the opportunity to design bespoke for like you know, very specifically. Yeah. It you know, it makes it easier to hit the mark and get that reaction that you want if you absolutely know who you're who, who the onlook is going to be. Mm. I'm, con I'm conscious of time today because this is, I think we're going to build this as podcast special, right. special <laughs> edition because we're, we've, um, we're, we're, we've been having a great chat. It's one of those where it could, it could, it could go on. We could end up like Joe Rogan and doing three, 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 hour, three, hour, three hour podcasts. And um, uh, as I said at the top of the episode, Neil has been a guest on the podcast a couple of times this, this year already. Mm. And um, I feel that there's all sorts of stuff that we're scratching the surface with that at some point in the future, we will come back and, uh, and revisit um, our, our other guests today as well. And forgive me for sort of dodging away from you, Neil. You've been, uh, well, you've been on a couple that, of times yeah. before. We, we, we should have brought the hat, -trick, the, show. the hat trick football with you. But uh, a, 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 lot of, a lot of our excellent content has been delivered today, quite rightly, by Gabby Watson, who's a creative graphic designer here at Universal live alongside Neil Clapperson commercial manager um, and thank you guys again for your hospitality today no we've, we, we've set up the proper microphones we've you know we're speaking to people face to or I'm speaking to people mm -hmm. face to face now it's got to rather, be a luxury rather than you, down yeah. a video link yeah. unfortunately it's only 25 minutes drive from my house so <laughs> it hasn't hey hasn't taken long time, to mate. get here at, at all so yeah genuinely thanks guys for and they've gone to some effort today the camera and i'll wave at the camera that they've put a lovely camera in for us some extra lighting they've looked after me with copious amounts of yorkshire tea in branded mugs never miss <laughs> never miss a branding Absolutely. opportunity never miss a branding opportunity um <laughs> I always ask this at the end. If if people want to find out more about you, you guys, it, website is uh, I'm throwing that out. Universal-live.ltd or dot com, but LTD is fine. Type Universal Live Bradford yep. or Manchester, and you'll find them, everybody. Um, thanks very much for joining us on the podcast. If you are watching the video of today's podcast via our very fancy camera today, um, <laughs> head over to your favourite podcast platform, and you can listen to audio-only versions of all of the podcasts on your commute to and from work or in between your uh, busy event schedules. Um, of course, if you're listening to today's podcast, head over to eventindustrynews.com. There are videos of all of the podcasts that we've done. And whilst you're on there, you can also look at some of the special features, news and content that is on Event Industry News. Our thanks once again to Neil and Gabby and all the team at Universal Live for hosting us here today. And we'll see you on the next edition of the podcast. Thanks very much. Thank and you. goodbye. Cheers. Bye.